Uh, how do you come off a high, like, episode 50, you know? Yeah. It's like, like I, just, I got the 51. shakes right now. Yeah. Just kinda, Go to rehab, I guess. I feel like, like we're yeah. on a rebound with <laughs> yeah. episode 51. This is like, yeah, this is the girl after the dream girl. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm going to make this work. You know, Usually you marry that one, though. New things are going <laughs> to... <laughs> Chris, Allen. Chris Allen is totally panicked. Like, uh, wait, say something. No, don't. It's like I'm watching the real life version of Inside Out. Sit right next to me. <laughs> yeah. Great movie. Yeah. Sorry. I still haven't seen Inside Out. What? Oh, I need to, I need to get Kennedy Sorry, That's my recommend so this episode it. for you. Okay. Yeah. So what my, if we just talk about nothing this episode and just kind of <laughs> hosh posh around? Yeah, well, that's what you do. You know, you're like kind of disappointed that you've been let down. You had to stop episode 50. Yeah. Start 51, you get nothing done, mm-hmm. and then 52 is like the real next episode. Is there really, is there really a point? Should we even, should we even fit in this anymore? Really? Mm. Is this it? Is this 51? Is this the last episode? Yeah. We're done? What if non-fitness what is if we, I don't know. Well, Hunter's not here, by the way. What if we promised to end the podcast? <laughs> we're going in a we're totally out. different direction. We're out. You know, yeah. The new name of the podcast is Outside the Box, and this is all it's going to just yeah. <laughs> it's consist Sponsored of. by Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> We've created a fourth track in our programming. It's called Quit. <laughs> <laughs> but keep paying us. Right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so the question is, where do we go from here? Thank goodness there's something going on in the CrossFit world. That we have no idea about, and thankfully Chris, Chris knows is everything here. about. Yeah. Look, let's just say that should probably be a shirt at Coyote. Thank God Chris is here. That's why I chose him as my child last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just because Caleb would talk too much and explain things too much. I didn't want to just say that outright. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are. I'd run away from home. <laughs> <laughs> So we have uh, some boards showing up at Coyote Fitness where people are signing up for the Open, and I'm completely confused at what time of year it is and how the CrossFit season is changing. It's just like my whole world has come crashing down, and we're redoing Open workouts, and like we just got to bring some clarity to what's going on here. Yes, the uh, the Open has now been moved to the fall. This is uh, the second Open of 2019. Last one was in February. That was the last time that the Open would be would be done in February. Now, the Open is going to kind of be used as a kickoff to the CrossFit Games uh, to the CrossFit Games season. And so, over the next few weeks, you'll have a lot of the sanctionals begin to begin to start up at the Open. Is kind of the, is the first sanctioned event, more or less, in the uh, in the CrossFit Games season now. So everything I knew about the Open, as far as like they're going to release workouts on a weekly basis, there's nineteen point one point two point all that stuff is still you know basically the same as much as same as CrossFit can be. It's just happening at a different time of year. Exactly. Okay. So Coyotes- when was that announced? Uh, last year they said that there was going to be like, or, or it was before this past open in February, they said there's going to be another one in October. Okay. And, uh, and that from, from then on they would be in October. So what do we, like the first one is 19.6 or how does that work out? <laughs> that, that's question. actually a great question. I was wondering about that myself, how they're going to do that. 19.1.2. Yeah. Point, yeah. point second. 19.11. Yeah. We're going to get all software with it. Yeah. Regardless of how you name it, you know, it's going to be terrible. I just, I just hope it's Y2K compatible. <laughs> or else everything's going to melt down. You know? So for the people who are just the average, uh, if you could identify this person, the average CrossFitter, it just means that you, the Open happens at a different time of year. Did this cause a lot of frustration or confusion from the people who are that elite CrossFitters? Like, oh my gosh, now we have to change everything. 
Um, yeah, probably. I mean, uh, this uh, we said it. Uh, we said it last year that um, these uh, these first couple these first couple of seasons it's going to take a while for the uh, the elites to to get used to it and kind of figure out how they want to navigate it because with uh, with the backfield system for those of you that for those of you that don't know how the actual qualification process works it used to be you had to place uh you had to place high enough in the open within your region and then from there you could qualify for regionals if you uh, place high enough at regionals you would go to the crossfit games now you have a lot more opportunities to make it to the games you have the open which in the open they'll they will determine the top 20 in the world and also national champions but there is a backfill system where, let's say, uh, let's say uh, Ben finishes third in the open, and well, we should probably do a hypothetical. Yes, like second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you I'm sorry. Fin- <laughs> so you fi- you finish uh, you finish third in the open, and you're also uh, you're also the the national champion of Argentina of Argentina. Yeah. So your spot for the games would be filled under that national championship. It'll pull you basically out of the top 20 in the open, and so it would move the next person up. So you could potentially, if you finished top, if you finished in the top 30 or 35 in the open, you're somewhere between 35 and 20, you actually have a really good shot of qualifying for the games just based off of your open score. Because they'll take out the national champions. Yeah. Yeah. And so now the same thing also works. You'll have all of these sanctionals throughout the year. I think there's going to be like 23 this year or something like that. It's something ridiculous. That's awesome. And they're going – what they will do is like – so let's kind of – here's another situation where let's say you go to one of these sanctionals and you finish fourth – but the three people ahead of you, two of them were top 20 in the open. One was a national champion. It pulls them out and moves you up into the top spot. So if you're an elite competitor, you get to choose your road to the games. Basically, yeah. You kind of um, uh, you, you try to pick a time of the year um, where you feel like you feel like your training will be uh, will be at its peak, and you feel like this will be the best time for you to qualify based on how your training's going, but also what what is the event you're going to do who's going to be there yeah and certain uh, certain athletes i think we could say at this level are better at the open type of system yeah uh, because they're just you know they're extremely consistent they're going to be really great at the type of testing that the open lends itself to um you don't have to travel yeah. you know all Ex- sorts of things exactly that's why you see uh um you know your your top your top 5 is generally it's going to be it's going to be the uh, the usual the usual suspects probably the same the same mix of about you know it could be anywhere any uh, any of these ten people could end up being in the top five in the open but then you'll have the, these people that you've never really heard of because you haven't seen them do well or you haven't seen them go to a lot of sanctionals or you haven't seen them at the games and the, and the thing is it takes a completely different type of athlete to just be, to be able to do one workout a week and do it really, really, really well, well, which yeah. is what the open is. And then doing, um, doing, you know, nine to 10 workouts over a course of the weekend, which is what the sanctionals are. Yeah. And there tends to be like, you take Briggs for an example. Um, she redoes a workout and she's always going to do better at the redo. It, it seems like as yeah. when I was following her, it's like, 
whatever she scores the first time when she learns the workout, it's going to get better when she does mm-hmm. it again. So when you're at a sanctional, if you blow a workout, you don't get a chance to go do it again. Yeah. You have other workouts throughout the course of the competition. But so it just there's a lot of um, I guess we could call it like athlete planning. You know, mm-hmm. which seems to happen in a lot of individualized sports where an oh, athlete yeah. can yeah. say, I'm going to choose to do these particular things, these competitions. I'm going to qualify this way. And I think what it does, what it's going to provide is that these athletes are going to have teams of people that assimilate around them to help make those decisions really well. Sponsors are going to start getting involved in those decisions. And now we have the makings of an elite worldwide sport, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, as an athlete, it makes it it definitely brings in a higher level of strategy, but it also, um, it, it really, it really opens up the door. The path to the games now is a lot easier than it, uh, than it was. And I think it makes it a lot more fun too, uh, because I mean, let's, uh, let's be real, going to, um, going, uh, making a sanctional and getting in that environment and competing on the floor in your lane with all these, uh, with all these, uh, great athletes has got to be a lot more fun and a lot more motivating than doing one workout in your, uh, in your home gym with the camera on having to redo it, you know, two or three times. Yeah. iPhone on the tripod right. uh, sort of scenario. And, but what remains intact, and this is, this was very smart and I appreciate is that you can do a workout at your level, whatever level athlete you are, and you still are able to watch elite athletes do that very same workout and and be inspired by their ability and that sort of thing so you know i think that part of it has kind of grown how the average crossfitter uh, is able to invest in these athletes i mean we talk about these people like we know them and i think that's a part of the as hunter would term it the magic sauce is that you go through 19.1 the same way that froning did you know, and yeah. or, or pick an athlete, be like, man, I, I remember doing that workout and watching them do it. Watching a competition kind of doesn't provide that sort of connection with a fan base. So if I'm understanding it correctly, Chris, is are sanctionals more comparable to how the games operate than the open is? Yeah, for sure. Because you're going to have, you're, uh, you're competing against a more, more highly competitive field. Right. And also you're also going to have the, uh, you're not going to have the uh, the luxury of being able to um, kind of watch other people necessarily do the workout and um, kind of base your strategy off of that. You're you're put into the uh, um, put into the stalls, sent out onto the floor, and away and away you go. But the other the other thing too is um, you know you're you're going to have you're actually going to have judges there, and um, you know huge the- limitation of the open that that's not present. And it's video based, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, uh, but you, yeah, you have uh, you have that, and I mean, it could work out either way for you. I mean, you could have a judge that's calling nothing, or a judge that's calling everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, but uh, so yeah, it is. It's absolutely the uh, the sanctionals is definitely more of a games type environment for sure. So I think this would be a good time to to back up just a little bit for for our listeners and say. Now we're at the time of the year, although it used to be the beginning uh, of the year, where we need to talk about open strategy, things that are good. I mean, it seems like every year there are new people, which is awesome, inside of Coyote Fitness participating in the open. And there's some common mistakes that athletes make. And we should probably review a few of those things because it's run up on us quicker than it normally does. Yeah, I, I think um, the biggest thing, especially, especially if you're new to it, uh, I would say, you know, 
if you if you're kind if you're kind of on the fence about about participating in it, I say just do it. You know, because at the end of the day, it's uh, on on Friday they're going to announce. For those of you for those of you who are new, what's getting ready to happen is what the what the open actually is. CrossFit.com is going to release one workout, or they're going to release a workout on Thursday nights at uh, like uh, seven o'clock our time, and uh, they're going to do that for five weeks. Once they release the workout, you have from then until the following Monday at like seven o'clock to do the workout, submit a score, and then um, and then you're put into you're put into a worldwide ranking. And the cool thing what they're doing now is like you can create your own uh, your own custom leaderboard. So we can like Coyote uh, Coyote Fitness Blue Shark uh, twenty seven seventeen. We're all gonna have uh, we'll all have our own separate leaderboard. So you can kind of see you know where you rank in the gym. It's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really fun. But uh, so you'll go to CrossFit.com. Pay, I think it's like twenty dollars, and uh, you get your get your profile made, submit your scores, and we are going to be doing those workouts the Friday after they uh, the Friday after they're announced. So we won't know what the workout is until that night before. Yeah, and everybody does that. Yeah, workout, I mean, so if you're if you're coming in on Friday, you're going to do it anyway. You're in the open. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So the very basics of it, uh, you do have to perform the workout at an affiliate. It needs to be a judged workout, and someone who is approved has to uh, verify your score. Right. You know? So that's how they keep things generally from just being uh, a measurement that isn't a measurement. And you can uh, – it used to be that you could get on and look at your score, your ranking from year to year in the world, and know whether you were improving or not. But that's a little bit different now because the field is improving so much uh, every year. But with these custom leaderboards, that does help you out because you can make the pool a lot smaller – there are much fewer variables and you have other than that though i think one thing that we haven't talked about enough is these workouts are always repeated within the year you know uh, coyote is going to pull that workout back out just like we do everything else and we just did um was it 19.1 with the wall yeah. balls and the rowing mm -hmm. and the people who participated in the open were able to go back and look at that score and know how they needed to push themselves, and it gave a, a really strong metric on where am I since since February. And uh, I know I was helping judge a guy. I was there counting reps because when you put rowing and wall balls in a workout, it's just like with burpees. You're going to lose count. Yeah, it's so hard yeah, to count exactly. yourself. So I was counting reps for him, and uh, the guy was watching improved by 20 reps. 20 yeah, great. reps yeah it was pretty amazing so yeah. the people who don't participate in the open it's just kind of another friday workout where they may or may not write down their score but if you're in the open you're definitely writing down that score yeah i mean any any great test of fitness is it's got to be something that's a that's a measurable observable and repeatable and so yeah and, gen, and most of the time i mean you know, reserve judgment on uh you know whether or not all open workouts have been great tests of fitness but uh most of the time they do a really good job of making it where you know yeah that's a that's a really good test right there and whether it's a you know very high very high skill or endurance or strength or whatever uh, whatever the case may be they generally they do a really good job of finding out who the fittest is on these uh, on these workouts yeah well the test has been tested I yeah mean, that, that's something they're very open with and uh no pun intended but it's also something where you get to submit yourself to some of the best programming available in the world when it comes down to one workout. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like you said, there's there's one offs where it's like, oh, they introduced a new element 
and it was really awkward and it didn't test fitness. People just didn't know what they were doing. But, you know, if you look back at all of the workouts that have been involved in the open, very few of them actually fall into that category. And uh, the workouts actually make you hungry to do them again because you want to see if you can do better. So let's talk about this. We, we went through a season inside of Coyote Fitness where it felt like people were just redoing the workout as, as much as humanly possible from Thursday night to Monday morning. And we figured out that was kind of a bad strategy, right? Yeah, I mean, it really it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish, what your goals are. So when a, a, the the open used to be a very a very draining and hectic time at a, at our gym because we are our big uh, our big focus was trying to we were trying to get a team together to uh, to send the to send a team to regionals back when they had regionals, and so the way that would work is you had to. Uh, you had to submit a roster more or less before the open started, which we would, I mean, you basically, you consisted of everybody that's going to participate in your gym uh, because you never, you never know what's going to come out of that hopper. You never know what kind of workout you're going to get. And you are, uh, you're placing, you would go into a team ranking that would consist of your top three men's scores and your top three women's scores. So they have this workout and, Based on how well your top three men and women did in that workout, uh, it would move you up and down, uh, up and down the team leaderboard. And so you may have a workout that's just right in somebody's wheelhouse. They didn't, maybe they didn't contribute a top three score in any other one, but that one. And that, uh, so you literally, I mean, you could go in, uh, taking just an extra three seconds off your workout could move you another spot up the leaderboard, which is which would be just crucial. Yeah, yeah. So it was always very, very hectic. We would do the workouts on Friday night, spend Saturday and a Saturday and Sunday trying to recover and figure out where where you could make up time and then redo it on Monday. Yeah, and a lot of that actually trickled down into you know, yeah. guys, guys like me that were like, oh man, if I did it again, I learned a little bit and I could do faster this or more weight that. And, you know, it just, it ended up really, really running our, our client base kind of into the ground. Yeah. You know? And you know, there, there's a, there's a place, uh, there's a place for everything. I'm, I'm all for people getting out of their comfort zone and, um, you know, do, doing, uh, doing something that's going to make them, that's going to make them push themselves, uh, push themselves a little bit harder because, I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, if you don't get anything else out of it, you kind of you learn a little about a little bit about yourself. You learn how to handle uh, how to handle stressful situations, and you know how to maybe compartmentalize those things a little bit. Where you know I want to do really really well on it, but my score is my score, and it's not going to it's not going to affect me beyond that. Yeah, I've been through a couple of different versions, and I think I represent most people in that I was taking it way too seriously and got consumed by where my name was moving up and down every 30 minutes on, on the website. Uh, and then uh, I just pushed away from it. Like, I, I don't care about the Open anymore, yeah, and, and I'm going to skip Fridays. And, well, man, and that's, a, and that's the uh, – sometimes that's the healthy route to take. You know, if you, if you know that, you know, it's, one of, a, it's one, of my, one of my triggers that fills me with a lot of anxiety and, um, and you're just, just not maybe, – uh, maybe some people just aren't at a place where they, 
they want that additional pressure in their life right now, then maybe you just shouldn't do it. But we're we're really trying to shift our focus to, you know, at, at the end of the day, we want it to be fun. You're just exercising. You're just doing a workout. Yeah, that's what that's really what it's all about. But understanding more about the open helps you in your week. You know, yeah, um, we, we're learning a lot about this uh, lately, but you don't want to be balls to the wall Monday through Thursday and then walk into an open workout on Friday. I mean, if you're accepting the challenge, the open workout is going to make you really uncomfortable in a very scientific way. I yeah. mean, there's just that open feel and you know, okay, well, I should probably schedule my training week around the fact that Friday's going to be a big day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to perform well, but it's not going to wreck my weekend if I don't, you know, or if I, if I run up on a movement that I just have to scale, uh, there, there are a lot of people that get first during uh, the open, but those people have kind of been working on those things throughout the year. You know, like I'm not suddenly going to make this huge growth in my gymnastics movement because CrossFit.com told me to, except for if it helps me break that mental barrier. I think that's where that happens. So there's so many benefits to being involved with the open and very few things that would be drawbacks, but you have to be honest enough with yourself to know you know, hey, this is a tough time of year for me. You know, some people were begging for this to not be in winter because they're always fighting some sort of crud in the winter. Yeah. Well, here we are. You know, and and now, and now the uh, now the crud that you're going to be battling is uh, is high school football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Friday nights in the south. Yeah. You know, which uh, uh, which I think is a good good kind of segue into the uh, into the next point. Um, one of the things that we have been trying that, that we're trying to do. To make it more, to make it more fun, and make it more of a family, a family affair within the gym is uh, doing our uh, doing the intramural open, which uh, where we uh, where we'll have uh, we'll have different um, different teams. We'll have a, a few different teams uh, where everybody on the team does the workout, and uh, you have you, you get points based on you know how you know uh, who your uh, who has the best performances on the team and. Uh, <laughs> how much participation from the team that you had and, uh, and all that, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it's good. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're doing it a little bit different this year. Last year we picked four captains and let them pick, uh, pick teams. And it got, uh, it got a little, uh, got a little hectic, got a little, uh, got a little out of hand. Um, I know. Like every captain was wearing me out trying to recruit me. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, felt very right. pressured. It was tough. So, so the way that we're going to, so the way that we did it this year was we basically, we put a board out in our gym and we just said, if you want to uh, participate in the intramural open, put your name on this board and, uh, the names are just going to be randomly put onto three or four different teams, depending on how many people end up being on that board. And then we'll assign a captain from there. And, uh, basically the captain's job is just going to be just to kind of, uh, let, let everybody know, uh, you know, what the challenges are that week. So, I mean, everybody's going to be doing the workout Friday regardless. So, you know, try to come in and get the workout done. If you can, we may do something like, uh, we're going to take, uh, take a team picture Friday. I mean, don't, this is just an example. Don't quote me on this, but we might say, Hey, we're going to take a team picture Friday night and whoever's, whoever's uh, picture gets the most likes on Facebook gets bonus points. You know, we might, do, we might do fun stuff like that. Just it just kind of depends on the, uh, the participation and, and, uh, 
and uh, we understand that you know Friday nights in uh, in the fall in the South they're very very hectic. There's a lot of stuff going on, so this is going to be a really good trial run for us to just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, but the the metrics are all going to be community based. It's oh not, yeah, yeah not for sure. Based, you know, you've got you may get some additional points because you have some strong athletes on your team, but it's more about are we participating in this as a community and and that sort of stuff. That's what you're really rewarded for which was a cool move in that system. So, uh, all right, so let's say I'm on the fence and you've convinced me and now I'm going to go through the open. Uh, you're really good at this, Chris. Like, what are a few key things that I could pay attention to Monday through Thursday to make sure that I have, you know, the best experience possible on Friday? Yeah, if you want the uh – if uh, if your score is really important to you and you want to try to you want to try to achieve the best score possible, you know, I mean, a couple of things that you're going to have to decide, you know, like, uh, are you going to uh, are you going to try to redo it? Because you're more than likely you if you if you do a, a workout twice, more than likely you're going to get better the second time. It's not, not that you got fitter from Friday to Monday or whenever you redo it, but just from experience, mm. you kind of know what's going on. You're probably going to do better the second time around. Uh, also, kind of a uh, you know just uh, watch your um, your activity levels the day before you decide you're going to do that workout. So, what I generally tell people to do is, if you're going to do the workout on Friday and you want to be able to hit it really really hard. Uh, come into the gym. You know, don't just lay up and do nothing. Come into the gym. Get on. Uh, get on the bike or the rower for about thirty minutes. Stretch for about twenty or thirty minutes, and then go to the house. Yeah, I've seen a lot. A lot of people use that strategy. And man, does it work? Yeah. yeah, it really does. To to stay in motion, but the correct level of motion. I'd say my experience leads me to uh, to want to say that you need to limit your decision making during those few weeks by making a plan and sticking to it. So oscillating between, well, I'm not going to do the redo the workouts. Oh, I am going to redo the workouts. Okay, no, I'm not going to go in on Thursday. Yes, I am. Sit down and make a plan before you start to participate and just stick to that plan. I mean, life involves so many decisions. If you can just chart the course, and I'll, and I'll tell you how that, how that played out for me. This past Open, we had a workout with double unders, and I was so excited because based on my fitness level, I'm unusually good at those. Uh, so, I, you know, I was like, all right, I got a, a workout finally where I can get ahead. And I did nothing but trip the entire workout. I mean, I, I never got out of the blocks and I couldn't figure out why it was frustrating, but I had made a plan. I'm not going to redo the workouts. And I mean, I literally could have my heart rate never escalated. We could have reset the clock and I could have done the workout. That's how much I was tripping on double unders. But I made a commitment. I'm not going to deviate from my plan because if I do, my stress level is going to go up and it won't, it won't be worth it. Very extreme example, but it helped me over the course of those five weeks. Even when I should I could have or maybe even should have, I'm like, I'm going to stick to the plan. And I got finished with the open. I was so glad I did it. And eventually I forgot about tripping on the double unders. You know, Right. At least until I started talking about it now. So. Uh, but making a plan is a, is a huge thing, and the reason I bring it up is because that's a skill that's going to help outside of the open. I mean, we talk about making plans all the time. It'll really be tested in the open. You can measure, can I make a plan and stick to it for five weeks? Is a great kind of time domain to build a, build some good habits. Yeah, you know, and at the end of the day, we don't want to do anything that's, that, uh, that's not going to do anything but promote community and positivity uh in our gym so you know please uh 
Yeah, you know, you know, plan, you know, plan to do, uh, plan to do the best, uh, the best you can. But don't feel like that there's any uh, any pressure on you to win a workout or anything like that. Because at the at the end of the day, you know, as far as like who who wins and who loses, nobody cares that much at the in the grand uh, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, if you've been putting workouts on on Sugar Wad, you've basically you've already been doing what you do in the uh in the open anyway you know now right. now we're just kind of doing it in just a different format and we want it to be fun above all else yeah yeah it's a, and it's a great uh change of intensity in the training year which is cool i mean it just feels when the open's going on it just feels different yeah you know? and man i've seen some ma- i've seen some awesome magical things happen in the open man where somebody has been They've been struggling to get a muscle up for months, and yeah. that clock runs in the open, and they pop up there and they get their first one. Or somebody yep. hasn't PR'd their clean in in a year, and uh, and they get in there and they and they PR by ten pounds. I mean, it's it's a it's amazing. It's a it's a crazy time of year. Yeah, the energy is mm-hmm. the energy helps you do a lot. So I mean, I think that basically sums everything up as far as facing facing the open. It just it just kind of threw everybody a little bit. The time of year and uh but i i think i at least way understand more what's going on um and adding that intramural in there was a little bit different but so in the end it'll go the same way we'll have a winning team that team will get a banner that'll go up in their uh, particular gym and uh that'll be there forever you'll Um, be immortalized yeah i point to my name (laughs) on the wall often you know so in in 20 years nobody's going to know whether i was the top person on that team or not you know it just keeps me humble to remember yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> so, um, all right, cool. So that is the open. That is the open. We have now closed the open discussion. Where do we go next? Our favorite type of topic on the episode. Uh, box. box. I don't know. I don't like it as much. Outside the box. Thank you very much. So we can thank and credit Chase for our topic for outside the box yep. and I have never felt more qualified to participate. It, it ironically inspired by a conversation that we had last night. So when I texted you last night, "Hey, what do you think about this?" and I got an emphatic, "Yes." <laughs> it was the, I knew it was going to be the easiest yes I got. But Chris, are you ready? Do you know you already know our topic though? More 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 than ready. I cannot wait to to hear to hear you say it. Fantastic. Our and topic. Find out what it is. <laughs> At the same time. <laughs> Top five favorite junk foods. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm, favorite junk foods. Now, you did have a clarification, as we always do. Yes. The clarification is such junk food within its own definition can be a lot of different things. You know, technically, Chili's appetizers can be junk food or McDonald's or anything like that. The clarification is if you cannot buy this at a grocery store, then it is not allowed on the list. It's not It's not readily available enough to be a favorite junk food. Yep. You cannot say the hash browns from McDonald's. Or Southwestern egg rolls from Chili's. Anything like that. Nothing like that. Not a Frosty, nor a Blizzard. Just no. out of curiosity, when you go to Waffle House and get hash browns, do you add things to them? Uh, I ask for them extra crispy, and then mm-hmm. I use ketchup. Okay, so you're kind of a classic guy. I went through a time in college where it was like covered, chunks, I used to do country, which is the white gravy. Yeah. uh, But I don't do that anymore. I think hash browns are best best consumed in classic fashion. Yes. All right, so we're going to roll around. we got to get our top five. So I'm sure there are going to be some redundancies in this list. Yeah, I was just spitballing a little bit so that... Chris could get his list like partially started <laughs> yeah. before we got going. I see Since him we're missing Hunter and he won't there. talk for five minutes on yeah. each pick. Well, 
in proper fashion, why don't you go first? Gladly. I'll start at number five and then work up to number one. Now, we typically we say if, if there's five, we just do all five at one time and call it. But we're missing a guy. So I think we have the real estate to go each of our fives and then each of our fours. Sure. Cool? Yep. I'm the producer. Go for it. All right. <laughs> you could chop this up in editing and make it do whatever you want. Literally. That's a good point. Yeah. It, it may sound a little clustered, but <laughs> sure could do it. Who would notice? <laughs> uh, number five, me. Uh, number five is unequivocally. Equivocally? That sounds right. The original Chips Ahoy with a glass of cold 2% milk on the side. Man, Chips Ahoy beats Oreo? Mm. Oh my gosh, does it. I, I could eat the entire box if I had enough milk to do it. It's, it's, it's so great. It works great at, at 2 p.m. just as well as it works at 10 p.m. Mm, so That's all great. Matters. I was kind of thinking it, it makes a difference if I'm at the pool or in my couch on the living, you know, in the living well, room. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I probably wouldn't do this uh, if I was like outside, but if I'm wanting to binge a Netflix show, this is an, an easy go-to. There's uh, there's the alarm. We have to wrap this up. Yeah, my bad. I was talking too long. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's your number five. Number so five. That, yep. Man, number five with Chips Ahoy, and you feel pretty emotionally attached to the snack. I can't see where the list goes. Can't oh, wait to see. see where it goes from here. All right, Chris. Uh, do you have junk foods? Maybe we should ask that. I do. <laughs> if, if RX bar shows up on your list, you're officially kicked and off. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no, nowhere, nowhere near. It wouldn't make the top fifty. <laughs> uh, Tony's frozen pizza is actually my uh, my number five. Oh man! Oh, heavy hitter for number five. Over Tostinos. Over Tostinos. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love about, a Tostinos. I lo- it's. I mean, it's kind of a. It's a. It's a tie between uh, between Tony's and Red Baron. But I've um, never had a Red Baron. I've had a Tony. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to pick. But I, I just know that I know that Tony's is uh, overliable when it comes to frozen pizza. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. you get. You gotta choose where you're giving up things on a frozen pizza. But Tony's is pretty dang good, especially yeah. if you if you are you a ranch on your pizza kind of guy. Absolutely, it goes hand in hand, man. For sure, so good. I Binge. feel like with frozen pizza, you uh, you just have to own the genre. Oh you yeah! Know, like, don't give me the DiGiorno thing. Like, no. I'm getting a frozen pizza. Come it's on, not oh, delivery yeah. DiGiorno. I don't even want that. I don't want. <laughs> if, if I want like, if I want pizza, pizza, we're going like we're going out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like I don't. This. It's a it's a miracle DiGiorno stays in business because I feel like most people sit in that range. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. Either it's so. Tony's, Tostinos, or we're going to. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to pay fifteen dollars for a frozen pizza. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Heck no. Yeah, I kind of want to feel like I'm back at the skating rink. God, that was a good choice. Yeah, it was. So I, uh, I don't. I'm going to say this because it's true, but I don't know that the listening audience will know a lot about this. Uh, but my number five is going to be Poncho's dip. It's a. Punch. You say that all the time, and I never know what you're talking it's about. It's a cheese dip that's uh, over, you know, where the the French onion dip and all that is. I didn't know anything about it, but a friend of mine uh, lived in Memphis for a time, and it was really big there. Mm. And it is absolutely, without a doubt, the best cheese dip in a grocery store. What is it? Just straight cheese, or what's in it? No, it's uh, got a little bit of like chili powder in it, and uh, it's seasoned. Mm. So it's not just in the... But there's the, not like Rotel in it or anything. No, no, no. It's not not like that. I mean, if you're going to go that way, you just need to make it. Right. You know? But this is kind of the... You know how in the chip aisle they have the different jars of... Right. The, 
it's totally skip that. You need to go over where the French onion dip is and the milk is and all that. So it's, it's refrigerated? It's refrigerated. Oh, yeah. That's okay. a game changer. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, I find that I like it equal hot or cold. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it stays in liquid form. It doesn't get solid when it gets to room temperature. Not solid enough to where it can't handle a chip being dipped in it. Okay. You know, I mean, you got to be careful. You can't scrape it across, but you you can do the old straight dip straight out. Just a little little taste of Yeah, love. and because it's so seasoned, is, is it is the texture more similar to like uh to hummus or like a cheese dip that you get at a like Mexican queso. restaurant? Yeah, or queso. Yeah, if you heat it up, it's like the Mexican restaurant cheese dip. If you leave it cold, it's going to hit that hummus consistency. Gotcha. Interesting. You know, mm. so uh it's one it's, it's a cheese dip that you can actually enjoy thickly on a chip. So and I'm just I'm recommending it. it's it's one of my top like it's my nice. go-to. There's some in nice. my house right now. Yeah, that's enough for me. I will try it, 100. percent All right. Be careful. They have a Chipotle version that isn't quite as good. So, it, what's a is it original? Just ponchos. Okay. Yeah. I will get some. Number four. This is a classic. It was hard. All four of my top four could have been in any order. I had to try really hard. <laughs> Number four, though. It's cracking me up how into this we are. As we should be. I know. Number four. And this comes with a big caveat of it surf best with 10.30 p.m. or later is a Nutty Buddy. Nutty Buddies are My good. gosh, mm. are they so good. I gave Lived up long ago. Growing up. I gave mm. up long ago doing the kit thing where you split the sections. Like you know, you can kind of break off the it layer by layer. Yeah, it just delays yeah. the pro- I, pleasure. I, yeah, that I, I, I never did that. I went all in. Yeah. Even as a kid. Uh, even as a kid. Really? Somehow mm-hmm. I got it in my mind when I was a kid that it somehow extended the awesomeness. But like eventually, you have a layer that has way less peanut butter than the rest of them. So it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, you're gonna end with a disappointment. Have, have you ever known anybody that like that eats eats a Kit Kat without breaking off a piece, like without breaking it off piece by piece? Oh, just taking a bite yeah. out of both of them at the same time. <laughs> I've never seen that. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, their slogan "Break me off a piece." I, anytime I've ever seen it, is it was it's preceded by "Hey, watch this." Okay. <laughs> so it's very clearly a political statement. Yeah, exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, number four, nutty buddy. Yeah, so so uh, my number four is a uh, peanut M and M's. Ooh, yeah, that, that's my that's my ultimate. Like if I'm if I'm coming back from a uh, uh, from a uh, from a Mississippi State football game, we go through uh, we go through Louisville and like we kind of stop to just kind of you know. By that point, I probably need some caffeine to finish uh, to finish driving back. So I get the pretty much the same thing every time. I get uh, peanut uh, peanut M and M's and like a uh, Coke Zero or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I and I have to get the. Uh, um, the the sharing size bag. I can can't do just, just oh, a little yeah. bag of peanut oh, yeah. M and M's. Yeah. Once you become a grown man, oh, yeah. you should start going king size or nothing for right? sure. It's, yeah, that's what yeah. it is. I remember um, on a, a few trips ago, uh, we went out with a group of guys, and somebody I think had gone to Sam's and gotten the. I'm like, man, this is a game changer. I didn't know they made this size in peanut M and M's, and we finished it. I mean, a couple guys in the car. Here's the thing about that: you never really get tired of the taste. No. no. You know, so even when you get one of those kind of not quite as good peanuts in the middle, you're like, you're like there's well, another one. Yeah, I'm gonna have rescue this. The, it the ones worse. that have like the little growth coming out of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they still got that like weird paper thing that some peanuts have around yeah. it. That it yeah. didn't get mm-hmm. shelled off. Yeah, but I don't judge you know the M M&M and M for that. I'm like, no. it's just part of the process. Yep. 
Uh, all right, so for me, this is going to be interesting. Maybe also the uh, the zebra cake is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Another classic. Yeah, it's underrated. Yeah, it re- it really is. Uh, it's very it's very popular uh, among the uh, uh, among my daughter and my nephews at my at my in laws' house. Really? Yep. So Starting them that's young. awesome. Mm-hmm. So we can count on another generation of zebra cake lovers. Yep. Which is fantastic. Hey, quick sidebar. Hopefully this isn't on anybody's list because I'm about to crap all over it. Do either of you guys like the Christmas tree cakes that come out no, seasonally? No, no, no. Any of the seasonal stuff, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm, just, I'm just not big on those, like, cakes just just in general. Unless uh, the only way is if there's chocolate in it. I don't I don't yeah. like vanilla based little Debbie stuff. I'll do like, I'll do like what are they like the the Swiss rolls. Mm-hmm. I'll do yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So zebra cakes. I don't like. It's good if pick. someone told me they were going to stop making zebra cakes, I would have to have a moment. Yeah. <laughs> I really would. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I feel that. I'm attached. Number three for me. You can only get these at one location, from what I understand. I've never found them anywhere else. Uh, it's Stouffer's Whales. If you, you guys have had goldfish. Yes. Yeah. You ever notice how they're just not quite what they need to be? So somebody made a whale? Whales are exactly <laughs> what goldfish deserve to be. Made are, they, real- are they still like a, like, a, like a cheese? Yes, they're made with real cheese, and they salt the bleep out of them. Mm. And it's it's better than uh, the cheese dust craft that you know goldfish tried to do a while back. Are they better whales? than Cheez-Its? Yes. Where's this magic location where you can buy Walmart. the cheese whale? Walmart. Hmm. Walmart. Cheese yep. whale. Now, granted, I shop at two places, and that's Kroger and Walmart if Kroger doesn't have it. Right. So it could be at, like, Sam's or something like that, but mm. Walmart's where I get them if I if I I've feel never even... What does the packaging look like? Blue. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. How have I missed this? It's it's by the goldfish. You can't miss them. Okay. If you look for them, you can't miss them. Yeah. They're so good. Like, you you will thank me. If you come back and say that, no, nah, I just think goldfish are better, you disqualify yourself from the rest of your list. I think I'm leaving the, the a studio today to go buy those. Okay. Do I it. Really, I mean, you've convinced me. It, there's, it's really good. One thing I'm figuring out, we're good at selling snacks, man. I don't know why we're not sponsored yet. We should do this more. Yeah. 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 All right, you're number three. Ben and Jerry's half baked ice cream. Woo, ice cream makes the list. Okay, mm-hmm. man. Uh, the the half the half bake especially. I mean, yeah, there's elaborate. What is half baked? Because I think we it's a uh, chocolate vanilla um, cookie dough, and there's one other thing in there that actually chocolate escaped. and vanilla ice cream and cookie dough and that cookie exists. Dough. Oh yeah, <laughs> apparently. What? Yeah, half baked. Yes, sir. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly wow. what's in here. In All right, second. what's the most you've ever consumed in one sitting? Uh, the, the whole pint. <laughs> For amazing. Sure. That is amazing. Somebody should, everybody should do that at least once in their life without being sad. Just do it to enjoy yourself. <laughs> without being like a sad singer songwriter. Right. Just okay. eat the ice cream. Yeah. Just, you deserve it. Yeah. It's okay. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's chocolate and vanilla ice cream mixed with, uh, globs of chocolate chip cookie dough <laughs> and fudge brownies. The ice cream oh is the only and fudge brownies. That was the other fudge. thing in there. Now Man. I'm impressed that you finished the whole pint because that sounds like diabetes after a minute. How do they fit all that in one container? Oh, it's amazing. Science. Go Benninger. Science. Yeah. <laughs> Technology. That sounds amazing. really good. America, what a country. Glad right. to be here. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, right. Ben. This is our number three? Yeah. 
Okay. So for number three, I'm gonna I'm also going to go with the classic, which is Oreos and milk. I'll take the flip side. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't know. It's what I it's what double I double stuffed or you're good with the originals. Yeah, no, I don't like double stuff. It's stuffed. too much. It's too much. The ratio is way crazy. out of balance. Yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Do you double like stuffed. icing on your cake? Do you like obscene amounts of? Okay, that explains it. I, I hate a lot of well, icing. Well, no, on I, I think the the, the double stuff, the double stuff, and this is actually my <laughs> my next one was oh. A oh, double okay. st- double stuff Oreos with peanut butter. Or if you've never if you've never done Oreos and peanut butter, man, you're not living. That's and then the salty dipping it in sweet milk thing? as well, or just straight. Oh, oh well, yeah. I mean, you, you have to have milk afterwards. Okay. Okay. The, there's nothing better. That sounds really dry. The, there's nothing. There's nothing better than Oreos, peanut butter, finishing it, and then having like like a tall glass of milk and just chugging the milk. Mm. Mm. Man, I'm, I've got some stuff to try. Mm-hmm. So Oreos and milk. I mean, it'll take me two years. Right. To, I don't ever cheat. I'm about to I? say something blasphemous to a lot of people, but I just want to hear if you guys will go with me. Have you tried the thins? He's a preacher. He can forgive you. That's true. Thank you. <laughs> Here, Have just, you guys tried Oreo sign. thins? <laughs> um, no. Have you tried them, Chris? So I'm sorry. What now? Oreo thin thins. Uh, I, I I think so. Didn't hit you. No, it's like drinking a Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, speaking of Lacroix, mm. Ben, you oh, should God. try the thins. Should I? You I should. mean, with what you know about me, if you start monkeying with the classics, I'm just instantly cynical. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's cynicism. Always good. Never yeah. mind. I'm, All right. I'm 40. You know, like All don't right. go changing something on me. <laughs> don't go change. Yeah. Sorry, I'm... little Billy Joel. Another yeah. guilty pleasure. <laughs> All right, uh, that was a good number three. Number two. Sticking with our milk uh, deal that we got going on here, frosted flakes, any time of the day. I don't care. It could be nine thirty or the other nine thirty. It belongs in both <laughs> situations. Can we? I just want to pause and because Chris is the only guy here that could hit normal. Do you have like a certain time for your snacks? Like no, this is this is universally time. It's. None of my snacks are really time sensitive, but Snack. apparently Chase's are. Snack 30. <laughs> snack 30. So for you, Chase, the universal nature of a snack is going to push it up into this list. Yeah, well, I well my snack period is I snack differently in between lunch and dinner because I don't want to ruin what when dinner's I'd rather just eat dinner early yeah, than bad snack. Yeah, for, for your supper. Yeah, but I, you know how late I stay up sometimes. So, like, uh, an 11 o'clock snack is like... You're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you uh, do you put fruit in these Frosted Flakes? Nope. They don't. They're better than that. <laughs> don't they you stand, dare bastardize my cereal. <laughs> they stand on their own. Frosted Flakes, you got to eat them fast because they get yeah. soggy, but that's the joy of it. It gives you a reason to just... Inhale some cereal. You know, I'm not. Ne- I've never been a big, uh, big cereal guy. Like I, I, al- I always so like I did. Uh, I always did like. Uh, and, and and this is gonna, you know, <laughs> sound sound really bad. But my favorite cereal was Raisin Bran. That's no. Yeah. Oh, it's you're a solid allowed cereal. to like Raisin yeah. Bran. Yeah, and, and especially now, when they and start with they, extra, adding extra raisins. Mm. Well, and now and now they have it with. Uh, they have it with granola. In the, it oh, too, the crunch. And it's, it's yeah. solid. So why it's that good. over Honey Bunches of Oats? Or have you even tried it? I think just better, uh, better texture, and act, and I like having the raisins. I like having the fruit in it. Makes you feel better about yourself. No, not really. I just think it tasted better. <laughs> Raisin bran is an underrated cereal. It really is. You know. Uh, so your number two was the Oreo double stuff. Yes, Oreos, was right? a do- double stuff with, with peanut butter. With peanut butter. Mm. Okay. All right, my number two powdered donuts. The Hostess ones. 
I don't care. I'll take off brand, <laughs> name brand, leftover from last week. Doesn't matter. Like left open from yeah, last week. It doesn't matter. Just even if even if they taste bad, the idea of what they're like tastes tasting good. I'm okay. I do think though, if if you get picky with it, I think the big bag tastes better than like the prepackaged gas station versions. Yes, something this, about it. Well, here's the thing: the six pack just pisses me off. That's. <laughs> You know, because I'm I'm a bag guy. I'm like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have the bag. You know, yeah. and I'm not. I've stopped apologizing for it. You know, <laughs> I used to like walk around, just grab two, close the bag back up, and just pretend for all the people around me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, leave the bag open because once I start, can we start trying to put it up? And you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm like, you may get a few, but you better be in a hurry <laughs> because I'm taking this bag down. Uh, you know. And it's one of those snacks that doesn't require an extra thing like peanut butter or a glass of milk. It's just, this is what it is, and we're going to enjoy it. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like marriage. <laughs> it's a different podcast. <laughs> okay. My number one. Whoops. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know what? Things have been hitting the floor this entire podcast. It's amazing. Luckily, it landed directly on my glasses, but that's yeah. okay. Perfect. Um, not on my face. We're though, to right? number one. Yes. <laughs> are you, trying, are you trying to hurry me up? No, I'm just, oh. I'm eager. Okay. My number one. The The qualification for this was not that I could enjoy it at any time ever, but when I do have it, I enjoy it more than anything else, and it hits the spot like nothing else. And that is Nestle's fudge-centered drumsticks. Mm. It's, I... I we can all agree that ice cream can be a pretty heavy thing, especially with a cone around it and chocolate on top, chocolate on the bottom, and the every, nuts. Every now and again, those those Nestle gas uh, gas station ice cream concoctions, you know, nothing else will do. Sometimes, <laughs> I I if I I buy, can tell you go way back with this one. If I buy the box of four, for some reason they come in boxes of four. It's it's probably gone within an hour of opening it. Yeah, and those what are the, big drumsticks. <laughs> what is the one? It's, it looks like the drumstick, but it's not the drumstick. It's, it's got it's, it doesn't have the chocolate on top. It's got the it's the flat top. Yeah, and it's got the uh, like, like the fudge filled cone. Yeah, I don't know what those are called, but I they aren't those. what I wanted. They're, they're called great. not your favorite. Yeah, that's yeah. what they're called. I, I really appreciate the doesn't chocolate matter cr- what they're called. <laughs> I like the chocolate crust holding the the top together, mm-hmm. and then I like the styrofoam. Waffle cone, because it's it's always like just a little bit too wet somehow, but that's part of the charm, like wet cardboard. Yeah. And then the payoff of the the really ice cold chocolate at the bottom, because I'm I'm the type of person that I I like my candy in the freezer for a little while before I eat it. It's, it's cold I've is better. That about you. Cold, yes. Cold is better. So the fact that that chocolate's already frozen for me at the bottom, they did half the work. Yep. There you go. Nothing better. That's a great number one, man. Congratulations. Thank you, man. You did well. Yeah, good nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my uh, my number one. I mean, I'm a I'm a cookie guy, man. Like that is a, that is a no absolute, shame. That is the absolute worst thing to put around me. And it does not get any better than just Pillsbury chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Like Wait. cooked, not. Yeah. Well, he's assuming cooked. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, it would okay. be dough. It'd be baked, That's but not true. not soft batch <laughs> like just the regular old. Soft. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I like the the soft the softer the better for sure. Okay. Like, so I'll, it doesn't have to be the prescribed amount of cooking. You can have mm-hmm. them a little soft, and it's good. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you can have a, you can have some soft in it, and I mean, you can do those. Do those with anything. You 
cut them up, put them in ice cream if you want to. I, I like them hot. I like them cold. Doesn't matter. They are one of the cookies out there that, like, even the next day, you could accidentally leave them out on the counter, not contained at all, and they're still yeah. and, incredible. And I mean, you know, I can I can have I can have pretty good willpower. Like I, I have set and I have ate an entire. Uh, an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's. I have also had a like kept a pint in my freezer, and I have made it last for two weeks. Okay. I can I can do that, not with chocolate chip cookies. Though. <laughs> Put a plate of ten uh, in front of me, and I'm gonna eat them all. Just right there, no you're breaks. Gonna, yeah, you're gonna ace that test. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, that's that's great. So the what my number one changed uh, because. Ice cream did make my list, but it had to be uh, a dipped cone from Dairy Queen. It doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yep. Okay, so I had I had to roll back and think, what can I get at the grocery store? Uh, this is a trick that my mother taught me that is, uh, anytime I say it publicly, just totally repulses anybody that hears it. Uh, but number one favorite thing, if I'm just going to totally forget that heart health even exists, yes. is I'm going to take a honey bun. Oh, I, I love this one. Here we go. I'm going to take a honey bun. I'm going to put it on a plate, throw it in the microwave. But before I do that, I'm going to add some butter on top. <laughs> and let, the, let the butter melt. <laughs> you win, undoubtedly. Like, not even for taste, just for the, the most effort, but also the least effort. <laughs> I'll, I'll, get, I'll, give you, I'll give you an honorable mention, though, real quick. When I was in college, I did this a lot. I would buy uh, the chocolate chip uh, Eggo waffles. Mm-hmm. Toast them, uh, two of them. Put peanut butter in the middle, and then syrup all over that bad boy. <laughs> wow. And a bit, and a big glass of milk. You I'm like a big peanut butter. Go I home. love I love peanut butter. I love milk. Like if I have if I have nothing else, give me a jar of peanut butter, jar of peanut butter, and a glass of milk. I'm great. Have you had? This is we're really sidebarring here. Have you had a peanut butter and vanilla wafers in a glass of milk? No. You that sounds to try. good though. Yeah. That need does to try. sound. My grandfather right taught me right. that. Yeah, it is because because peanut butter and banana is oh, fantastic. Oh, the old mm. grandfather trick. Grandfathers can snack. Yep. Oh yeah, these guys know. They know oh, how to yeah. snack. They, they, oh, they've yeah. been around. They've been yeah. around. I'm gonna I'm gonna teach my kids about the about the peanut butter and Eggo sandwich at one point. So today I've got to have some whales and also an extra buttered honey bun. Yeah, and I got to figure out poncho dip. Poncho. Yeah, I, I can bring some of that to work. Okay. Yeah. We, we should just have a meeting. Try about before something. you buy. Try before you buy. Try before you buy. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, we're really one thing we are is committed to. Uh, <laughs> that might be the longest outside, outside the, box the box we've done. <laughs> I definitely know it's the most emotionally attached one we've ever. As it should have. I was gonna say you go on about what you're passionate about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of opportunity to judge there, but I didn't hear any of that. There was respect and people liking what they like. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If only political discourse could go that well. Really? Yeah, or talk about <laughs> potentially Iowa State making the uh, playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great call. <laughs> All right, so we got to make a hard turn here because we're running out of time because we talked about snacking so much. Okay. We get to the last portion of the episode, which is the recommends, yes. uh, which is actually making a difference in our community. Yes. So step up your game here after episode 50. Yep. Uh, do we have any recommends? Yep. First question. I've got one. I've got one. Same. Mine, mine, mine's pretty secular, um, but... Mine is a podcast called uh, Off Camera with Sam Jones. He's um, he gets like different celebrities and artists and stuff like that, and like just unpacks their story, their process, and stuff like that. And like I'm I'm not the guy that like holds actors and stuff on a high pedestal just because they do you know the arts and stuff like that. But it is interesting to hear 
what goes behind the mindset of stuff like that, whether it's an author or director. Directors are my favorite, honestly. Ron Howard uh, is his episode. It's either 100 or 200. I can't remember. And 100. And it is so good. Mm. Ron Howard's a stupid smart guy. I love saying that phrase. Mm. Um, so it makes it, you sound so stupid smart when you say it. Thanks, man. See how it fumbled there? <laughs> yeah. Can't pull it off. My bad. Yeah. I shouldn't have. Yeah. Ron uh, Howard could be an episode to himself. He what was. A, what an interesting life. Oh, talking about like on this podcast. Yeah, Let's yeah. pitch it to Hunter. The life of Ron Howard. <laughs> How Ron Howard changed CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Oh, we should give ourselves challenges like that in episodes. Like, let's try to BS something in the sounding true just because, you know, people. who's going to fact check us on this podcast? That's true, know? yeah. But I think people would be surprised about the way we could link two seemingly separate ideas. I think we could do it. Yeah, we're stumbling so. into a podcast. Uh, spinoff podcast right now is what we're doing. So you recommend, how do I, just anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, What's the yeah. name of it? Off Camera? Off Camera with Sam Jones. Sam Jones. Yep. Sounds good just by the name. It's good. What you got, Chris? Uh, the uh, Netflix series, The Spy. And I actually, I, I told, I told a friend of mine about this at uh, at dinner a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, dude, you've got to watch The Spy. He's like, oh, what's it about? <laughs> <laughs> Global warming. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not about a spy. <laughs> no. Wow. But, Maybe uh, you shouldn't watch it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, it's inspired off of true events. It was uh, back in the um, in the '60s when uh, when Israel and Syria were fighting over uh, were fighting over land. Uh, Israel implants a spy into. Uh, the Syrian government, and he was so good at what he did that he actually worked his way up to the as the uh, the deputy minister of defense for Syria before he got found out. And uh, he alert. saved. Well, I mean, he gets found out. Well, you'll, you'll you'll find that out within the first three seconds of the episode. Okay. Yeah, it's one. I mean, it's also it's based on true events. You can just give it a Google and see what happens. Google so, machine, respect the process. Come on, that's what we how we talk about it. But the, it's uh, it's absolutely incredible. It's got the uh, the guy who uh, the guy who played Borat actually. What's his name? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he is the main character, and the, the guy is amazing. I've heard he's a yeah. really fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I don't have any trouble believing that because just the automatic preview that Netflix throws at you when yeah. there's this huge dilemma of uh, it's not an uncommon thing, but the spy says, I, I don't know who I am anymore, but it's super intense. Yeah, the, and it has, it, I mean, it has a lot of, there's a lot of different things going on there. Like, and especially if you're, uh, if you're married with a family, like you really feel for the guy because, you know, he is, He's basically, you know, lying to lying to his family uh, for his country, and you know, it really kind of puts you in a state like, you know, uh, you know, like what would it be like being in that situation? I mean, it was just, it was really, it was tough to watch for me at some at a lot of points. I'm gonna check it out. I just, for I don't sure. know. I, I I was hesitant to jump in because I knew. It would kind of be like Chernobyl. Once I do, I'm yeah. really invested. Yeah, and it's like that. It's only six episodes, so you know you'll 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 get through it quick. Yeah, that's funny the way we talk about that now. It's only six hours of your life. No big deal. You're yeah. gonna sit there and watch TV for six hours anyway. No, if you watch football all day on Sunday, you can make it something good. Um, all right, so my recommend is actually a, a show as well. I've got a, a lot of books rolling right now, but I'm not deep enough into them to actually recommend them for people to try. But stay tuned for that. Um, I've actually talked to you about this already, Chase. The Mind of Bill. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, sitting down and listening to Bill Gates talk about life 
and also see his mental processes and also learn about what was going on at Microsoft. Because right now, people just assume uh, Microsoft is the company that Steve Jobs left in the dust. You know, like Apple is it. And, uh, and maybe to some degree that's true with, with consumer products. But listening to Bill Gates look back over his life and the most successful years that he had, quote unquote, and to see a guy categorize those as, well, yeah, that was kind of a cool thing I did. But now I'm doing this cool thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, and uh, so a lot of history there that I wasn't aware of with Microsoft just because I was too young. Uh, but to, to see a, an, an incredibly brilliant man take his method of thinking to so many different genres, mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'll tease this out because this will cause people to watch it. He decided that he needed to eradicate polio from the earth. Just decided. He's like, you know what? Yeah. We're going to get rid of this. And obviously he has you know a few dollars in the bank. Uh, but people assume, well, with enough money, you could fix any problem. But that's not true. Yep. People had thrown a lot of money at that particular problem, and they had not been successful. This guy, at the time of the recording, it was inevitable that he was going to erase the only the second disease in the history of humanity to be eradicated. Smallpox and now on the verge of polio. Mm. It's worth watching. It's inspirational. And most people hate the guy because he's stupid rich. But you can't after you watch these episodes. I've never understood that. I, like, I haven't either. It drives me crazy. Hate the guy. Yeah. Well, you, that, a little bit of that is explained through the episodes. So those are our recommends. Pretty easy recommends to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yours is a little off the beaten path, but we'll find it. Just because of Ron Howard. Always worth it for Ron Howard. Yeah. Hey, Ron, we appreciate you for who you are. Thank you, Ron. And, and thanks for listening. As always, thanks for listening. Smooth sounds.